The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's, I don't know, I mean, yeah, it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. We're not going to get upset because I am physically unable to be worried about a baseball season in March. I just can't do it. I said it last year. I said about February. I said about March. Then we had COVID happen. So hopefully we don't get a whole new COVID because I'm saying it. But this team is too good. The depth is too much. Don't get upset. It's not even St. Patrick's Day yet. It's green season, baby. I'm enjoying green season. I had a nice green donut from the lovely Krispy Kreme shop in Jersey City, New Jersey, actually, uh, over the Jersey weekend. City? Uh, my buddy lives there. Oh, a, okay. Uh, yeah, he works on Wall Street, lives in Jersey City. Uh, I thought you were um, like him. hunting down McDonald's. I uh, went all the way up there for a green donut. No, I'm not that crazy. That would be that would be a really psycho move. I love it. You're out there traveling because we are the most vaccinated podcast in the Yankees universe. We're both vaccinated. I'm fully. You're half, which is they say is pretty much good enough. So we are just spending our days looking at the Yankees schedule. Where where are we going? How are we going? Let's get there. And that's the real We're monitoring excitement. the schedule, yeah. We're monitoring the schedule. We're monitoring the government outlines. What's going on? Obviously, today the big one was Camden Yards, 50%. For Baltimore, we play there in April. We play there in May. We play there in September. It's all good stuff all around. And look, it's that place doesn't fill up above 50% anyway, so that'll really feel like normal. I got to assume May 15th we're there. It's a Saturday night game. A Saturday night game? Woo! Woo-hoo! That's good, clean, fun. It's a treat for us. Yankee Stadium doesn't have many Saturday night games, so those Saturday night games in Baltimore are always a treat. And a little bit of a sour note, speaking of the Orioles a bit, our boy, Zach Britton, we heard today, three to four months, he's going to be out to get a bone ship removed from that left elbow. And I woke up today, I was like, man, that's, this is our second consecutive week with no injuries. We're all good. Look, this hurts. He's arguably our best reliever. Fun fact. A week and a half ago, I also went to the doctor, and they also told me that I have bone chips in my left elbow. <laughs> and they told me they're pretty sure that I have a torn a tear in my UCL. And I said, "So, Tommy John?" They laughed. <laughs> they laughed. So I go, "Do I need Tommy John?" It was a little. Um, she was like, "When I said little, this woman was maybe five feet tall." like a younger Jewish medical student, and she was just laughing in my face. <laughs> I'm standing there with no shirt on because I was there to get my shoulder and elbow looked at. So I'm just like hairy and gross. And she's just like, no, you're not going to a career of throwing, are you? And I was like, you're not I Zach Britton. I told her I had some eligibility left, but no. So good for Zach. <laughs> he can at least get the surgery. I can't, you know. What am I going to do? I'm going to cry about our eighth inning guy 
on on March was it ninth? You can't cry about your eighth inning guy on March ninth. It's un-American. You know, last year you said not to worry about Judge in February, and he ended up out would have been out four months. So I don't know how seriously I can take that. Well, Judge, I said to not worry about because I trusted him. He violated my trust. Now we're clearly on the outs. Yeah, then he blocked me. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> this relationship is just yeah. I've lit a fire under him, but yeah, no, I mean, and there are people going like all over the place. Um. Because on Dr. – was it Ahmed is his name, I think? Ahmad? Christopher Ahmad, Ahmad yeah. Ahmad. Yeah. So on Dr. Ahmad's website, he has like articles about specific injuries and said for something like this, it says three to four months. Um, But I think that is maybe talking about normal people. Like, you know, the muscles around everything that has to be rehabbed are just stronger for Zach Britton than me. Who will not be having surgery, but a little he, different. Yeah, just a little different. It's like that Louis C.K. thing where he had to like. They're like, yeah, no. So you now you stretch your ankle every day. It's like, well, but for how long? It's like forever. It's like, well, if Tom Brady. And they're like, you're not Tom Brady. You're an old guy. <laughs> so, you know, they're saying it's like six weeks of like physical therapy recovery, and then six weeks to ramp back up. And then there are people who are like, that would be for a starter. He's a reliever, so he'll be back in three weeks. Uh, no, he won't. <laughs> no. No. And also, these things never just work out on that timeline. So we're looking at the only thing that could have been better than this is if it happened two weeks ago. You know? So we're looking at, what, April, May? We're looking into June before he's back. Mid-June? Yeah, and I'm mental, mentally I'm at the all-star break because I'm expecting things to go wrong. I We went through it in 2019 where Dellen and Seve were a month away basically the entire year. They were a month away, a month away, a month away, and they both came back in September. So I'm not holding my breath for June. Andy Martino tweeted the three- to four-month thing as well, which kind of agrees with uh, Dr. Ahmad's website. So I will be happy if he's back at the All-Star break. This does make me feel a lot better of the fact that we signed Wilson, we signed O'Day, we have a little bit more depth to withstand this than if it would have happened last year. But, like, this sucks. Like, he's the ultimate weapon. He gets – I think he has the best ground ball rate amongst any reliever in the game. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's our a best leader. reliever even though he's not the closer. Yeah, he's a leader. The he's our uh, – Yeah. You know, so, like, that's all – that will be tough. Uh, but this just becomes more and more of Cole's team. Any kind of leadership, like, if the leadership – if there's 100% leadership – and whatever percentage Britain had, you know, he had twelve percent. That's Coles now. That's boom. And maybe he'll <laughs> we get gotta keep a six. Google Doc of the uh, yeah, leadership like, leadership ratio. And like, what is you know, is this Britain's last year with us? Uh, he's got two more. One after two this. more. Yeah. yeah. So he'll, he get he get back eight percent. That's it. <laughs> That's but Cole's gonna take for. two back in the off season. You know, <laughs> there are. So here's what I don't like about this. Aside from, you know, I obviously want him to be healthy, is all the people who are now – like now we've got to make another move. You know, we could never – it could never be one of the thousand arms that we have that are untradeable because they're all going to be the best baseball player ever. Um, we either need to sign someone or just like, oh, well, it's time for Nick Nelson. He's blonde with a fat face in the bullpen, so let's have him go – and I'm fine with like making another move because it's not my money. But that move does not have to be Dave Robertson. Does not. People like as soon as this happened, people were like tweeting gifs of him. The mentality of the Yankees fan base that we should keep or re- or bring back guys because like I don't know they won't need directions to get to the stadium <laughs> is insane. We're talking about 36 year old who's pitched six and two thirds innings in the last two years. And had a five ERA while he was doing that. I would go like you have. Um, there, there are there are other relievers available. Um, Shane Green's available. That may come at a pretty penny though. Sneaky one, and this may people this may make some people mad. Roberto Osuna's available. If you've got two domestic abusers, what's a third? 
Yeah, nah, I, I hear you. I don't think they're going to touch Osuna. No, I hate Osuna. I'm going to touch him. Like that, because he was an Astro, too. I mean, I hate him for a multitude of reasons. His personality, the teams he's played on. I think he's been a Blue Jay, too, so don't like him at all. My problem is, I, you know, I understand that injuries are going to come up during the season, and that's fine, but I wish we could just get to opening day. I'm over it. Like, that's all I'm asking for. I'm over it. I'm like, um, I'm a football fan now. Like we gotta cut this preseason in half. Like I don't need these games. <laughs> I am getting, you know, I have a kid and a wife, so like I get down the spring training most years, but like can so like I don't even care anymore. Just get to April. Like I am over. I don't care anything that happens. I there is no one in the world who cared less about Brett Gardner hitting a grand slam. On a Sunday spring training <laughs> game than me. No one. Like I'm over, I've been over spring training for a week because of what's happening today. Because we're, you know, we're running into these injuries that, you know, I, I don't know that this could be avoided. It's not like a Clark Schmidt of like, well, you know, I figured day one, I would go a hundred percent. I figured that would be smart. Britain's a smart guy. I think, you know, it's not Tommy John. It's some Spurs. I think you get that cleaned up. There's probably a chance that, like, I would imagine if this was, if it was September 1st, we don't even hear about this. Oh, you think he just pitches through it if this is this is the end of the season? Probably. I will be I, mad if I hear that this has been going on since September 1st. Oh, yeah, I don't even want to look at that. But, yeah, these games aren't fun for me because it's all anxiety, right? Only bad things can happen. If somebody hits a grand slam, it doesn't matter. But somebody could run into a wall like Clint Frazier. Somebody could throw their arm out. Somebody could pull up lame running to first. So I'm just watching these spring training games and just waiting for doom to strike. And I, I just can't do it, man. It's, it's too stressful. I mean, we lucked out with Clint. He went into the wall. I haven't. I don't even think there's video of it. But There's not because the game was not televised uh, on Tuesday. That's the other thing. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop playing games not on TV. Just – it's 2021. Yes needs to show game six of the 2009 World Series for the 750th time on, on Yankees Classics instead. I'm saying like even without a broadcast team, you could just show a live stream on Yes of the game and you will get better ratings than whatever the fuck you just – you know – than Johnny Damon going first to third on a stolen base in 2009. Yes. Like. <laughs> no, but yeah, it wasn't, wasn't televised. Boone said Clint's okay. And I know we were texting before this and you're like, oh, Boone said he's okay. Like that means nothing to me. How many times has Boone said, yeah, he's fine. And, and the guy misses three months. So I am still holding my breath on Clint. Yeah. I think you have, I mean, Boone said it like a while later, which makes me feel good. Hopefully, you know, it'll be how's he wake up tomorrow, but. I think one of the differences that last time it was against the Pirates in Bradenton and they have um it's padding on a chain link fence and he like hit the pipe. The like concussion in eighteen. Yeah. So it's okay. like poorly it's a poorly constructed stadium. Um my parents live in Bradenton, so Ed McKechnie McKechnie Field, that's what it is. I've been there a bunch of times. New rule, no running into walls until September. Not yeah. in April, not in May, not now, not in August. September 15th, if you want to run into the wall to clinch the division or any time in October, that's fine. But they should really sit these guys down and explain to them that nothing good can coming into running into a wall on March 9th. You know what I would like? If we're going to have all these funky rules, and now I guess they're just playing nine-inning games – we should have the ability to have like six DHs. Let all these guys get their at bats. Yeah. And let someone else go out there and field it. Offense, defense. You know? We're doing seven inning games. We're pulling guys with one out in the middle of innings. We're ending innings with two outs. Why not? And that's all guys really need is the at bats. They don't really need reps. Like Brett Gardner doesn't need reps on fly balls. Or, or Hicks or these guys. They've, they've taken so many fly balls. You can do that in practice. Yeah. It's D funny. The one everybody. guy, the one guy we're arguing though is like, I don't know, maybe Clint could use them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, so that's the thing. I don't have like in the first game, I remember like Judge in the first inning pulled up, didn't die for a ball. I was like, thank God. Cause he'd be out for forever. Clint, 
I get running into a wall. If I'm Clint Frazier, I am balls to the wall 100% of the time, whether the game counts or not, because he should have been our left fielder two years ago and last year. You know, every year it seems like and then something doesn't work out, his efforts questioned, his abilities questioned, the timing just doesn't work out. So it's like, well, no, I'm going to go, you know, I'm fighting for my career to a certain extent. Yeah, he's trying to establish himself, and Boone actually said he will be in the lineup. He's going to be a starter, and that's what I want to talk about with you is our ideal lineup. One thing that kind of brought this on is I heard on Scott and Andrew's show they were talking about Hicks hitting third, and Yankee fans tend to disagree a lot, but I think one thing Yankee fans agree on pretty universally is that Aaron Hicks should not be hitting third. Uh, Andrew brought up the great point, basically, that he either strikes out or walks every time and doesn't really put the bat on the ball. So why the hell is he hitting third? So I have a little piece of paper here, my ideal lineup that I'm going to read to you, and I want you to let me know what you think. Yeah, so I also, uh, I did not make a lineup because I'm just going to react to yours and kind of make mine up on the fly, but let's hear it. Fair enough. That's how we roll. Uh, I'm, I'm batting Hicks leadoff. He gets on base a lot. That's what he does. Let's play to his strengths and bat him leadoff. Second, I'm going with DJ. You know, he's very similar to a prime Derek Jeter, the way he's been for us the past two years. We won a lot of games and a lot of championships with Derek in the two-hole. I know the analytics say to bat Judge second, but I'm going to go a little old school and put DJ there second. Then I'm going Judge Stanton back-to-back at 3-4. I hate splitting them up. You remember Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz or Sheffield and A-Rod or even A-Rod and Teixeira. Like, stop fucking around. Put your big boppers next to each other and just wreck havoc. Uh, makes it harder on the opposition. I'm going Voight 5, reigning home run champion. Aaron's that spot. Glaber at 6, right after him. Uh, Geo 7, I'm going Gary 8, and then Clint 9, just because I want a little bit more speed in that 9 spot as opposed to Gary. But big thing, obviously, I'm putting DJ second, and then I like Judge and Stanton back-to-back 3-4. So read it through for me. Read it through for me one time. Hicks, DJ, Judge, Stanton. Stanton, Voight, Glaber, Geo, Gary, Clint. Batting Gary 8th. Batting Gary 8th, yeah. Um... I don't have a huge issue with it, but I mean, I I would probably still bat DJ first. DJ gets on okay. base more than Hicks. Um, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that set the tone. Like I feel like we're gonna get like we've got a guy on base almost fifty percent of the time to start the game. I I like him in that role. Here's my thing with Hicks. If Hicks isn't going to bat leadoff, I mean, where he's got to bat like eighth or ninth. Like you can't, you know, the way I look at it is I would probably go Gar, uh, I would go, imagine I batted Gary leadoff. Like he's looking slim. (laughs) DJ, then I'm going (laughs) Judge, Stanton, Voight, Gary, Glaber, Clint, Hicks, Geo. Maybe Geo Hicks, because that Bat Hicks do the whole the little league what you tell the worst kid of like you're the second leadoff hitter. You know you're another leadoff hitter batting ninth. So you're going Gary ahead of Glaber. I like I Glaber right. down in the lineup. I feel like it takes pressure off of him. I feel like when we've asked him to move up in the lineup, it hasn't worked out. I'm not a big, like, the lineup has to be this. I don't see a lineup and get that upset unless it's like, oh, a guy hit a home run three days in a row? Let's give him the fourth day off. You know, we should definitely bench him here. (laughs) Um, That I don't like because I believe in in hot. Uh, But, yeah, I don't see – I mean, Hicks sees a lot of pitches. He – he walks, which is great, but he just, he doesn't do it better than DJ. And I think when you start, like, so there are guys, I kind of view DJ and Glaber similarly in the idea of like, when they're at like batting first and batting sixth, that's like, that's good. When you try to go, oh, well, it happened to hit a couple home runs out of the first spot, happened to hit a couple home runs out of the sixth spot, let's move you to third or fourth. It just doesn't work. Um, you know, I, so yeah, but the idea of like batting Hicks third, 
like on a lineup, in a lineup that is going to have Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, <laughs> Luke Voigt, who's the home run king right now, Gary Sanchez, none of those guys can bat third. It makes no sense. And think about if you're an opposing pitcher. Right now we have – it goes Judge, Hicks, and Stanton. You know, you get – Judge gets on and, and you have Stanton on deck. Oh, Hicks, this is a break. Like I'm chilling. This is my break. Why are we giving the pitcher a break? You have Judge and Stanton back-to-back, two and three. I, I'd be down with that too. The main issue I have is that they're not back-to-back and you are giving the other pitcher a break. Uh, basically a paid time off, a vacation day with Hicks in the middle of them. Yeah, like – I understand the idea of like, well, it's a lot of righties in a row, okay? But the idea of constructing a lineup is if you bat Manny Ramirez behind David Ortiz, David Ortiz is going to see more pitches. I've got no reason to pitch to Judge if I know Hicks is next. I've got no reason to pitch to Stanton if a struggling Gary's after that, which I know Gary's been playing great. And I love that. But you know, we, based on what we've seen in the past, a slump can come at any time. It can, it can. And then my one counterpoint in terms of you wanting to bat DJ first, he's pretty much the best hitter we have with runners in scoring positions. So the idea of dropping him to two or three or, or wherever is, you know, he's hitting more with runners on base because a lot of times he comes up in that leadoff spot and he gets a base hit. Nobody's on. And then we have other guys that come up. You know, Hicks then comes up with second and third, two outs, and, and pops up or strikes out or walks and doesn't drive the run. And so that's the argument that people have of, of dropping DJ a little bit. I mean, Hicks had last season a 379 on base percentage and a 325 the year before. He batted 225 last year, 235. So I understand the idea of batting DJ second because if there are people on base, the problem is, is there anyone on base? Yeah, no, you're right. I think either way you slice it, Hicks at third just just makes no sense. No matter what else you want to do. Like there are six guys on here that I'd rather have in the three hole ahead of ahead of him. It's just a matter of like they're trying to break up left, right, left, right. And like I get it. That's not even advanced analytics. That's been, you know, as old as baseball is. But – I don't know. Don't pull Derry after the first inning. Just fucking yeah, – right. you got all these guys. Just let them go out there and mash the ball. Like yeah. we got more. these guys to go out there and mash. Let's just let them mash. And no matter what you do with the lefty-righty thing, as Andrew said, you're still going to have eight righties in a row. And then yeah. Hicks. So who cares if he's seventh, eighth, ninth, first? Uh, you know, I'd be down for first or ninth or eighth. He should not be anywhere in that three, four, five range. But this is the way Boone's been doing it for the past three years. I don't think it's going to change. Whatever stupid reason they have, it's whatever the formula or the calculator says that Hicks is best in that three hole. They're going to do it. But definitely wanted to do that exercise. Just How because I, I, I think this if Hicks is in everybody. the three hole for like a month and not absolutely batting like two thirty, I'm going to start. Praying for back injuries. I'm going to start buying, getting him tea time. So I'll be like, Aaron, go play some golf. He's a career 235 hitter though. That's, that's what he is. And they love his pitch recognition. Marcus Timms, the hitting coach had this ridiculous quote where he said, if I could give one attribute of any of my hitters to the rest of the guys, it would be Hicks eye. I'm thinking you, you take that over DJ's bat to ball skills or Stanton's power or Voight's power. Like these guys are just obsessed with Hicks. I don't understand. You know, if if I could give any power of one guy to all other guys, it wouldn't be a huge dick. It'd be a guy with soft hands. Like, yeah. what are we, fuck are we talking about here? Some of these guys, some of the shit they say, it's like, let's just go out there and win. We got, we have the biggest, we have the Monstars. Let's go be the Monstars. I know they lost, but let's go be the Monstars. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't agree more. We have the best lineup by far, you would think, in the American League. We have the best team in the American League. Uh, that starts with Garrett Cole. Uh, really good move I like that they did is I guess the forecast was a little bit rainy on Saturday uh, for when they were going to play in Bradenton against the Pirates like you were talking about with your parents. And they said, you know what, Garrett? Let's not even deal with this. 
Well, you're going to stay in Tampa, throw yeah. 50 pitches here in a nice controlled environment. We're not going to do the stop and start. We don't want you slipping on a mound in the rain. Let's eliminate all of that bullshit and just get your work in. He threw 50 pitches, came out great. First good decision I've seen them make on like a judgment call in a while. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Um, and that was the first day Boone was back too, right? Yes. Um, so it was good to see that. Like you just, I don't know. In my head, I was like, Boone rushed back from a pacemaker to see Cole throw. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> cause I was like, Cole's in pinch, everyone's in pinch right pants. Boone's in gray pants. Cause like he's still going to go down to Bradenton, the opioid capital of the world. And, um, <laughs> you know, listen, that is smart spring training at this point. Let's go get your work in. You'll see some guys. Guess what? You need to face live batters. We've got 50 of them right here of our own guys. And I'll tell you what, you're not going to see much better coming out of the Padre, out of the Pirates than our no, minor no, our backups are better than them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we're just like, yeah, throw to the AAA guys. And, you know, that's a tune-up. And I like it. It is a smart move. Like you said, the first, like, smart move we've seen in a while um, out of the team in terms of decision-making. And, you know, I, I hope that this spring training, because it's a little weird with, like, the way they're playing the games, the, like, I hope that this all leads to some change that makes the game a little more, like, fan-friendly. I don't know how many spring training games they're going to cut because that's still, like, a revenue maker for them. But just the team's approach to it I feel like is different and smarter, and I like that. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. As a fan sitting at home, I'd much rather have less spring training games so that my team doesn't get injured. But when I think back to the years that I've gone to Tampa, and nothing's better than just showing up on a Thursday night and going to the Friday, Saturday, Sunday game all in a row and and then leaving for the weekend. Like that's really nice. And if if they go to something where there's this game, maybe they're playing every other day, you don't get guys like us that are able to make that trip as easily. Do you do you do three at spring training? Uh, usually two. I've done three once. I do like, two. I do the Friday, Saturday, and then have like a 6.30 a.m. like anxiety attack on Sunday. Like, fuck, I'm going to miss my flight. That's me. Oh, you got to go Sunday early. You got to go Sunday you gotta early. Get I'd rather suffer at the airport, get home at like 11 as opposed to getting home Sunday night. That's a death sentence. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Because all, what do you, I'm going to wake up hungover in Tampa and not tie one back on? I don't think so. I don't think so. Can't do it. By brunch of the shrimp. Can't do it. We didn't talk <laughs> oh, about Boone. Penis. Yeah, I mean, do I they have a buffet? Yeah, we didn't talk about Boone and his pacemaker. Yeah, he had the open heart surgery in 2009, which actually forced him to retire as a player, I guess. I was doing some reading. So that's kind of why he retired as a player. And then they said he was feeling tired and a little bit worn down. Leading up to this, which when I, I went back and looked at some of the zooms and he kind of just looked a little bit, you know, he was growing a stubble a little bit, some bags under his eyes. You definitely saw that. So just a relief that they were able to do this in time. And he came back in three days. Yeah. I don't know much about getting a pacemaker. I do remember that like he in 2009 had open heart surgery, but I think like he, he came back and he played. He played five innings and it was like, I remember on like Sports Center, it was like a thing that he was gonna, you know, come in, play, whatever, um, and then he retired. So he yeah, played like a couple games. Yeah. But like, I mean, that's a tough one. Like, cause he, you know, you get your career cut short, your brother takes a bunch of steroids and hits a bunch of home runs, your dad's a legend. So like, and you get, you know, you have that one home run, but you know, I'm glad, I'm glad he's healthy. Like that would have been, you know, terrible. He's 48. I think he's got, you know, he's got a family, so you don't want anything bad to happen, happen to him there. So his wife was a Playboy playmate. Damn, Miss October 1998. All right. Yep. And then he got married in, I think, November of 2003, right after he hit the, hit that home run. Good for him. Time, yeah, went on top. And then his wife, after being on Playboy, she went to, um, I forget if it was, uh, you know, a country, did some charity work, and then they ended up adopting, uh, two kids. So he, yeah, he has four kids, um, two of which are adopted. So, um, yeah, great for I him. have a big personal appreciation for anyone who ends up being like really rich and adopts kids. Like, you're just like, 
boom, like I'm going to, I have the ability to change a life. I'm going to change a life. Not that like, I don't think Aaron Boone is, you know, he, he didn't make A-Rod money in his career, but you know, lives better than most of us. So good for him. He does. Yeah. Do you think that the doctors or anybody talked to him about, you know, look, you have a really stressful job. Maybe, I mean, look, he's got maybe the most pressure on him of any job I can really think of off the top of my head. Do you think there was any pressure from either his wife or medically, you know, to step down, take a break, anything like that, or just, just full speed ahead? No. So I remember thinking about his heart when we were, when he was becoming the manager. Uh, just cause it was like, oh yeah, like Aaron Boone, I forgot like he had, I feel like it came up in a like career retrospective thing. Uh, and I was like, you know what though, if you were on ESPN all the time, cause those guys, when like baseball tonight was bopping and he was on it, you're doing some really long fucking days. Now there's not the stress of answering to the media every day, but you're in there at like six in the morning. You're on like after sports center. Those are really long days. They can be very stressful. You don't, you're not making millions of dollars like you are running the Yankees. So, you know, there, to a certain extent, it's like, ah, well, how stressful can, you know, Hey, if you get fired from this job, you manage the Yankees, you can get another job where they pay you millions too. Like there's a yeah, lot of wrong for Sunday night baseball. He did Sunday night baseball, I guess, in 2017, the last year before he was our manager. And you got to think for an eight o'clock game, he's getting to the park at, I don't know, two or three. They do those interviews with players. They do their segments and then the, the game goes till midnight. They got a post game show. You're right. I mean, that's a 12, 12 hour day, you know, every Sunday plus the sports center stuff. So yeah, that's not an easy job either. Yeah. So I mean, I, I hope the best for him, uh, and the best being a world series. And I hope that mostly for me, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm happy that he ended up being fine. I did not, I thought, I was like, all right, cause they said like he's going in, he's got a pacemaker, kind of out of nowhere. I was like, all right, so will he be back by opening day? I didn't think he'd be back Saturday, but good for him. Cause it's also, it's probably one of those things where I don't know that we'll see him the rest of spring training, cause he's one of those managers who throws a glove on. He'll get a glove on. Yes. He'll start fielding balls. Like he likes to get out there and play catch, play a little first base, whatever it is. We probably won't see any more of that this spring training. Um, but you know, not that he's, he's not, all right. So he's not dying, but one of the, it's not one of those things where like, it could be one of those things where it's like, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit at home and let this get worse. You know, like you need to get back to kind of take your mind off of it. And it's not like he isn't surrounded by what could be the best medical staff. Sometimes the worst, you know, they, who knows? They may have given, if our team doctors said it, you know, he might've be like, Oh, you need a pacemaker, but he's got a broken ankle. Like who knows? Right. No, it is good news for him that he's got the support staff around him. The other good news for him is so far his pitching staff is looking really, really good. So uh, Domingo Herman on Friday through two shutout. Gumby Montgomery on Sunday through two shutout. Corey Kluber's been unhittable in his couple outings. Tyone's look good. They all look good. I'm trying not to get too excited, but, man, when you start to think about the potential of this rotation with all those guys slotting behind our boy Cole, it, it's hard not to salivate a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and I think if we, like, measure our expectations that, you know, Cole, we're looking – Seven, eight innings. Like that's what we want out of him. Kluber, go out there, give us like, give us five, six innings, two run ball. That's great. You know, Montgomery, same thing. You know, the problem I feel like with a lot of fan bases and especially ours is some guy, a guy will go out there and give up no runs in two innings in spring training. We're just like, shut out every game, every game, shut out. And it's like oh, some shit. of these guys are going to have, you know, like Kluber is working his way back. Tyone's working his way back. There are going to be real games where they're working on stuff or something's just not there. And so we have to have kind of that, you know, tempered expectation. But the pitching, it looks like it, it may not be the problem this year. And when you look at it that we've got Cole, Herman, Kluber, Tyone, Monty, all looking good. Devi looked decent today um lasagnas look all right uh so 
and we're going to get Seve back at some point. So like the potential is there. We just need to, we just need to get the season started. Need no one to get hurt. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. I know, man. I'm ready. And the thing with Cole and the rest of these other pitchers, if you think about what they have to do to get ready for Cole, you figure three more outings, right? He went to 50 pitches last Saturday. He'll go to 65. Then he'll go to 80. Then he'll go to 90. And then he'll be ready for, for opening day. So just get through three more outings for all these guys. And we're almost there. Like he can start to kind of taste it. It was 60 degrees today. Daylight savings time this weekend as green season rolls on. We Is it daylight savings this weekend? This weekend, yeah. I didn't know that. I did not know that. So what's it? It goes. So at spring at, forward, fall at, back spring. When forward. I wake up and it says 7:30 on the thing, it's actually it's 6:30. Like it feels like 6:30. We, we jump ahead. Like I wake up normally at like 6.30 in the morning, but it'll ah, actually be 7.30. Correct. You get up at 6.30 on Saturdays and Sundays? I don't get up. Like I wake up. Like I just – I don't know. I have a kid. How many hours of sleep do you get in I also go to – so I don't stay up late. I'm in bed at 10 o'clock. Okay. I'm like Herm Edwards. There's n- nothing bad <laughs> happening. <laughs> nothing bad's happening what I am. So I, is your average night eight hours, would you say? I try to get to about eight hours. So I – I have to put myself like in a coma. I have a hard time sleeping because once my brain gets going, like it's non-fucking-stop. It's scariest environment imaginable. It's like uh, Armageddon. So I have to get myself. It's not a matter of getting to sleep. It's staying asleep because if I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning for like a second, I'll start thinking about shit. Shit for this show, shit for work, shit for the dog stuff, shit for the baby, shit with the stock market. Like there's always something going on and then I am fucked. And I'll be up for like two and a half hours, three hours, and then I'll, I'll want to fall back asleep and it's about time to wake up. That is brutal. See, I'm the opposite. It takes me a while to fall asleep, but once I fall asleep, I'm good. Do I smoke a joint and I take an Advil PM? Every night? Pretty much every night. Yeah. That it's the check. only thing that – yeah, I mean it'll it'll put me down or I just go on a – when I go on my like completely healthy kicks where it's like no sugar, no carbs, no grains, no dairy, then I sleep great but I'm boring. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, no, I – um, yeah, I'm normally up around like 6.30 every day. Now, I'm not out of bed. I'm on my phone. That's when I just start thinking about stuff. Okay, I've always been jealous of people that can just go into bed and go right to sleep in like five. Insane! Minutes. Like, what do you have? Nothing going yeah. on in your life, right? Right? You got nothing going on. Like, come on! People are nuts, but pe- people do it. Yeah, that that kind of freaks me out. It's almost like I can't trust people like that. Yeah, when people are like, "Oh, as soon as my head hits the pillow, it's like, Jesus, do you? What do you have a flip phone? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're not on Reddit? Are you insane? I could imagine it." Yeah, no, it is it is jealous for me to think about those people. Uh, last week we talked a little bit about Mike Talkman, whether he was going to make the team. Jay Bruce has continued to look good. Jay Bruce is on the team. Dude, is he making it? I mean, how – I just don't – see like he's playing well. He's a veteran. Mike Talkman is not the future of this team. He's outfield Tyler Wade at best. So it's just like, you know, you're the last guy. And when you're the last guy, you might not be the last guy. And he can play at the major league level for some other team. He could play at the major league level for the Yankees if Jay Bruce didn't come along and have the ability to play two outfield positions, to have the ability to play first base, to have a lefty bat, which our lineup is missing. I mean, everything makes sense for – Jay Bruce to be the guy. It does. And and I, one area that we tend to agree is we're much more short-term. We just want to get 28, whereas a lot of the younger fans on Twitter are like, what about in 2026? So the people But Mike that, Talkman's not that guy. He's not, but he has four years of control. So people are like, oh, you're really going to give up the four years of control for just Jay Bruce this year? It's like, yeah, dude, I want to win this year. Yes. But it's like four years of like 240 – playing in 50 games a year. Like, he's never going to be our starting center fielder. 
Dude, he's a dime, he's a dime a dozen, a, a, a decent outfielder, corner outfielder with no power that can barely make contact half the time, who's an above average def- defensive player. They, they are a dime a dozen. He's a platoon player on the Royals. Yeah. <laughs> like that, I mean, and I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm just saying that like, yeah, he's also, he's also a lefty, but like, he's also not, he's got four years of control. Guess what? At the end of that, he'll be 34 years old. Like, he's not a spring chicken. He's 30 years old. He's 30, and then Bruce, as we talk about every week, is only 32. 32. Yeah, like, I mean. Yeah, I'm going Bruce in, I'm going Bruce in a heartbeat. And he, Bruce has real power. He has real power. He has real patience. And, and like we say, he's a guy that you want at Yankee Stadium walking and hitting homers. That's all, that's all we're going to ask him to do. You don't have to hit any singles. Don't have to hit any doubles. Just hit a few bombs and walk. Jay Bruce is ah almost he's, he'll he'll be thirty four soon, so he's four years older with three hundred and three more home runs in his career. Like I'll Is take it like that. Three ten to seven. It's like three eighteen to three thirteen. because <laughs> like, also Jay Bruce isn't the future, but I'm fine with that because we're talking about our fifth outfielder platoon wouldn't even be a spot on the team if they didn't give us a 26 roster spot no nope what about Dietrich you think he's got any shot no because Jay Bruce is taking that spot it comes down to I it comes down to Estrada Bruce Dietrich and Talkman for that last spot on the roster it sucks that like Wade's already on in that is the most depressing thing. Like we're talking about this final spot as, and we know Wade already has the 24th spot or whatever. That's Unless so there's some kind of like last second infield trade. Please. That'd be so great. And I checked. I just checked his, uh, baseball reference page and Jay Bruce does not play shortstop. <laughs> he does not. Jay Bruce has played 35 games in center field. Oh my God! Has probably hasn't done that since two thousand eight. His first year, two thousand eight. No, oh, he played in twenty sixteen. He played one game for one third of an inning in center field. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Talkman's just—he's not the guy. He's not. You know, you hold on to Talkman if there's a future for him as like as an everyday player. And once Talkman, like, when's the spot come open for Talkman to be an everyday player? When, when Judge strains his calf and then, you know, Hicks strains an oblique. Yeah, so it's like. Need two injuries. Hicks is under contract for a couple more years. Clint's under control. Judge is under control. So it's like, oh, we're gonna not get Jay Bruce, who's playing well, said he's here just to win a World Series, which guess what? Samesies, Jay. Samesies. <laughs> um, who, yeah, didn't have like, uh, you know, batting average wise isn't great, but he can play multiple positions. Talkman cannot. So, you know, if you want a guy to hit 240, guess what? I've got two of them. One hits it over the fence a lot of the time. That is the analysis that we're looking for on George's box. Plus, I could just clip that and that's it. Plus, then if you were to, if you were to not take Bruce, then it's like, well, then what do you got? Ford? Is Mike Ford even in spring training? I have no idea. I haven't seen any pictures of him at all. I haven't heard anything of Van Duhar. Like, I see pictures of him, but like, you know. It's time to move on from some of these guys. And I get it. I get it. I get it. It's just like Robertson. They already know the directions to the stadium. They know how to get there. They know the parking attendant. But I take a guy who doesn't know the parking attendant and has to make some new friends who's going to hit some home runs for me. Might have to get a GPS, but they're going to be better. Plus, Jay Bruce, you can keep Jay Bruce. He could be around for two months. Stink. And you fucking release him. And I'm not going to be like, damn, we could have had Talkman. Like, no one's going to do that. No one is. No. Nobody. He's, he can be, he's white Kendris Morales as far as I care. 
Better version, better version for sure. One guy that's been tearing it up in spring training hit another bomb on Tuesday is my boy Gary Sanchez. And I think it went 390 feet, 109 miles per hour off the bat, and I love it. I'm all in on the Gary rebound. But Aaron Judge, why are you saying he's going to win MVP? Like, dude, just chill out with these with these crazy statements. I remember the last game we went to, Game 5, 2019 ALCS against Houston. Paxton beat them, and Judge goes, oh, he's the best left-hander in baseball. Like, stop saying this ridiculous shit. Let's let the guy get to opening day healthy and just hit 30 homers like he did in 2019. Stop with putting these crazy expectations on everybody. Listen, I want Gary Sanchez to hit home runs and not strike out. That's what I look for out of him. And he's doing that right now, so I'm happy. I'd be more happy if it was in games that count. So it's like – and I think anyone who – because there are people on Twitter who are like, oh, you're so negative about everyone. I'm not. I'm going on, like, the most recent real things that have happened. Hitting a bunch of home runs in spring training is like texting your your on-again, off-again girlfriend, like, no, 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 we're gonna, it's going to be different now. <laughs> it's got to actually be different. It can't. These are text message apologies right now. I need real life. I need Gary to buy me flowers. And by flowers, I mean deposit balls into the bleachers. But I, I love that he's your guy, man. He was great in 17. He was great in 19. I think he's going to be great in 21. He likes the odd years. He was terrible in 18. He was terrible in 20. It's an odd year, and I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic because what else are you going to be at this point? Right. You know? Like, I hope he's ready to go. We were hearing good stuff from the pitchers. We're seeing good stuff while he's batting. Physically, he looks he looks good. Now you got to keep that up. It's a 162 game season. It's a long season. It's always weird to me when um, pro athletes get out of shape during the season. But like it happens in baseball, and you know we just gotta hope that you know from a from a weight perspective, from a hustle perspective, and then also from like freak injuries. I mean, I could roll an ankle tomorrow and miss the rest of the season. So. I'm a supporter of Gary Sanchez. I have his autographed jersey on the wall. I'm looking at it right now. Um, let's, you know, but let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. And let's figure out, you know, getting into, you know, how, what else can he pick up from Cole and crew to become a leader for, like, how does he become an ally for Cole? That's the thing. Like, I'm all for if Cole wants his own pitcher, I mean, his own catcher. I'm fine with that. But if they haven't made the decision to do that yet, which I don't believe they have, I'd really like to see Gary become an asset for Cole because the same way like I talk about the the starters like it's a quarterback room, you need your starting catcher to be like a part of that. Like that really cements in as we look at building the future with some of these young guys we already have with acquisitions we'll make in the future. Hey, this is how it goes. You've got the, the alpha dog Cole and you've got, you know, catching like Gary's here. He's all in on it. That's a great point about the Cole connection because, you know, last year in game five of the ALDS, we started Higgy. Cole loved him. We knew that was happening and nobody really gave a shit because Gary wasn't hitting anyway. But if Gary has a 35 homer season, hits 250, is the starting catcher in the all-star game like he's been before and we have to start Higgy in a do or die game because Cole likes him, like then it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing. And like, you know, it's opening day. Do you want to not be the opening day catcher because you're not gelling with the best pitcher in baseball? No. So let's sort it out. And then, cause then like that helps lock you in for the long term. Like, you know, it builds this base. Like we're, we have said for years, like, you know, when we had the baby bombers, it was like, we have this base for this, like, you know, we're building this championship house. But we didn't really – we had a bunch of like like paver stones. It wasn't a solid foundation. And now like we're building that solid foundation and you're finding out who's part of it, who's not. 
You're right. And I'm very interested to see how the Cole, Gary, Higgy dynamic works over a full season because in a 60 game season, it was kind of weird. And I know Cole picked it up with Higgy, but like we've talked about, Cole historically gets better as the season goes along. His velocity also ticked up as the season went along. So there could be a bit of a coincidence there. And just with the sample size that we have, it's just tough to know. So I think you're really going to find out this year, you know, whether him and Gary can work together. And like we talked about, it's on Gary to make it work. It's not really on Cole. You have to go up to his level. We've <laughs> talked about that 50,000 fucking times on this show. Cole's got the paycheck. And I don't even know if necessarily, like, it might be Higgy. It might not. I mean, Chirinos has, you know, he's, he's one for four. Higgy's one for eight. I mean, I don't know what they've, you know, Chirinos is a home run. They only like, have given him four at bats. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is hanging all these at bats? I mean, Higgy's got eight at bats. Chirinos has. Chirinos has only four. played in one game, then, right? I mean, four at bats, maybe two at bats. Four games, games four still. games, four at bats. Higgy's played in five. Gary's played in six. Rob Brantley's got two, and we've got two other guys I never heard of. I don't We're know making it work. How many yeah. more, in terms of health? We're going to get to, we'll get to our green season update, but in terms of health, how many more, like what we had with Britain today, how many more IL stints will you be able to handle between now and opening day and be able to say, eh, we're still fine? Cause I think I only have like one more in me. Well, opening day is in April, so it's physically impossible for me to get upset. All right. I was trying April. to bait you. Physically impossible. <laughs> okay. For me to get, so for me to be bothered in March, it would have to be stuff that's so catastrophic. Which we're not even going to talk about. That, no, that I'm just like, oh, well, the season's over anyway. So now I'm just going to drink and enjoy it. And like maybe we'll sneak into it. Like you would have to have Aaron Judge, Stanton, Gary, and Cole decide to go to P.F. Chang's together in Tampa. And they get in a car accident. Like, <laughs> That's the situation where I'm like, damn, those four went to Chang's together? All right. And the Uber driver survived. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's one guy that cannot go down for the season. His name's Garrett Cole. And you'd think they could survive pretty much anything else. You, you can't survive it's, without him. It, it comes down to it, and it's very easy as Yankee fans to be like – I mean, all that matters is the end of September, you know, like, and with, or there is, there's extended playoffs this year too, again. As of now, no. No? Okay. Either way. Which I love. I mean, it's too easy to make the playoffs, like, in baseball. And with the roster we have, that's why it's like, oh, our eighth inning guy can't get too upset. If Judge goes down or Stanton goes down, like, if one of them goes down, I think we're still fine. We probably are. My counterpoint to the regular season doesn't matter as much. You know, all that counts is October. They have what? One division title that they've won since 2012. I want to say, and that was in 2019. They were a wild card last year. They were a wild card in 18. They were a wild card in 17. Like I want to win the division and lock up home field advantage. We have not had home field advantage with this group. And what do you know? We've, we've lost every year. I do think it's important. We're going to have some fans in the stands. I want that one seed, man. And the AL sucks. There is no excuse for them not to be the one seed. Yeah. I I mean, I I have no argument against that. Like, it, we should run away with this. Um, Hopefully everyone's healthy. Hopefully it's 98 again. You know, you get those 98 vibes. I don't remember. Like, I, obviously I remember 1998, but I wasn't, like, listening to sports radio. I always wonder, like, what was it like on the fan? Like, what do you call and complain about when your team wins 125 games? Yeah, one what 114 and 58 in the regular season, and then yeah, when you count the playoffs, 125. What could people have been? They were like, I think they had 60 wins at the All Star break that year. They were like 60 and 18. <laughs> what could you, Mike? I think they should have brought back Charlie Hayes. I think Charlie. <laughs> well, dog, dog. I think it, I don't do a good princess. I've never done one before, but you know, like, what the fuck? Are you, hopefully, it's that. I think that's what we as as fans after the last year that we've had, and really as a nation, because we are America's team, this is what we need. Listen, America as a country, listen, we're on the brink, right? We've got Nazis. Two sides hate each other. We've got a pandemic. 
People want the old president thrown in jail. People think the new president is doing press conferences. <laughs> like there's all these issues. And, you know, it reminds me of the 1994 strike. It really hurt America. And then what do you do? You fucking juice up some guys, right? You juice up a Dominican. You juice up a white guy. You fucking put the Yankees back on top. And America is saved. And America is saved. Then we had the dot-com fucking surge. That's what it is. You need If you want to save this country and save this economy, steroids and Yankees baseball. That's how you do it. Sounds great to me. 98 was the perfect season. Everybody got back into baseball, and the Yankees broke every record, won the World Series. So that works for me. Yeah, I'm with it. So so people have started to get to know you, Nick. And it's turning into – I didn't realize it at the time. You're like half Charlie Kelly. Yeah, I could see that a little a bit. Little and I'm not bit. a huge always sunny guy, but yeah. I probably have a little bit of that in You got a little yeah. Charlie Kelly in you. Yeah, Andrew yeah. said it. So green season has – I don't know if it swept the nation, but it swept <laughs> my Twitter. It swept my household. My wife listens to everything I do, every podcast, everything like that. And um, I'll just tell you, you know, she's like, oh, how was it? Like, oh, it was a good time. Ah, you know, we didn't click, whatever. You know, whatever it is, different shows. Um. And I was like, oh, we had a really good time. I was like, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. She came in my office the next day, and her mouth was agape. She was just like, Nick is a psychopath. And I was like, yeah. I mean, we all knew that. But so green season, still in full force. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling. It was funny. We were When I stayed in my buddies in Jersey City, I think it was Saturday night. We got to a point, and he was like, did you only bring green Close. And I said, yeah, absolutely. It made packing that much easier. I didn't have to, I just threw all my green shit in my Yankees duffel bag and, and headed up there, had the hat on the whole time. I'll wear the hat on the next podcast so that you can, you can so, see it. So here I can see it. Lucky yeah. me. Lucky yeah. me. So now hat. you go into Krispy Kreme because you're just going to get donuts, right? Like, yeah. oh, we're going to get breakfast. And then you're just like, boom, choice is made for me. You think, but there were four green options, so I actually did have to make a choice. They had a whole display. They had shamrocks on the wall. It, it was oh awesome. My I was really feeling it. They were in the spirit, so shout out to Krispy Kreme. They were in the spirit of green season. Um, I think Lucky Sprinkles was the combination that I ordered. They had some cream-filled ones, and they had some other, other green ones. But, yeah, I went with the standard green with the sprinkles. The most uh, surprising thing is that you are like, so I had to eat four donuts. Or, like, I had to take a bite of four donuts. I couldn't leave couldn't leave one of my green soldiers behind. <laughs> so, have you still not had a shamrock shake this season? No, I have not, and we're, we're getting down to it. I'm, I'm kind of uh, so, feeding for one. I... I asked after people started tweeting, I said, do not have one. So you have not called the McDonald's yet. I have not called yet this year. <laughs> so what we're going to do on this show is call a McDonald's on speakerphone and we're going to hear Nick's psycho interactions with an employee at a McDonald's. And for a little context this is going to be the fishtown mcdonald's i thought i'd throw a little bit of an o to you there you used to live in fishtown uh we all know it's you know maybe the crack capital of philly that mcdonald's so oh, we're yeah. give them a call i never went to that mcdonald's once in three and a half years three and a half years living near that never went there once um yeah please speakerphone near the microphone <laughs> please call mcdonald's let's do it and nick can hear me in one of his ears a little closer. Oh, perfect. No way this phone is attached to a McDonald's. It's three rings. That's not good. It's probably busy there. The cops are probably there. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on, Ronald. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we're up to six. It's rush hour at McDonald's. <laughs> the junkies in Fishtown tend to be – their schedule tends to be like 8 a.m. and like 4 p.m. <laughs> it's like the pickup times. We're almost at 10. This isn't looking good. Yeah, because McDonald's doesn't have a landline phone. 
Looks like that, uh, looks like that phone is done. Damn! Is there another McDonald's you could look I'm up? I'm willing real quick? to try another one. Yeah, let's, let's try Broad and Arch here. Yeah, let's get it. Is that one closer to you, too? It is, but I was trying to give you the hometown connection. Oh, there. no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, but I just want to hear you ask these questions to a fucking person. All right, McDonald's. these guys says they're open. Here we go. It's a battle, man. It's not easy. <laughs> this is. Oh my god! It's like, what? Do you... Is your money not green like your clothes? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you've sat through fifty-eight minutes of this podcast, your call has been forwarded to an automatic voicemail. You got to leave a voicemail. Belonging to two six seven three two four five three seven one is. Please hang up. Dude, that's not a landline. I don't think that's a landline. Not even an option. Not even an option to leave a voicemail. Maybe you're right. Maybe they don't use the, they don't use the phone anymore. But according according to their website, this is the number. Damn! Someone sent us a website uh, a website that has like is there? Oh, the Mick Broken. That was hilarious. The Mick Broken. Yeah. Website. Yeah. So you know <laughs> that if was I, hilarious. Damn, McDonald's. You let Another us down. Option. The other option, Jack, is Uber Eats, but I don't think the Shamrock Shake holds very well through the delivery process. I'm going to be honest. I agree with you um, because I don't think any ice cream holds through the delivery process, but I also think a Shamrock Shake is probably trash, <laughs> trash, Listerine ice cream, trash. I'm All the excited. chemicals in it might keep it frozen, so that's the other. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of those things like – um you know, if you leave like a McDonald's like burger out, like just nothing happens to it yeah. for like forever. Or like the um like ice cream sandwiches that you can get where you leave it out, it just doesn't melt in the sun. Um I mean I'm looking forward to hopefully on opening day them still having shamrock shakes. And my I can't wait for my disgust. <laughs> <laughs> My first tip of Shamrock Shake. <laughs> the, la- the last thing on Shamrock Shake. So last week you'd ask me, oh, does Jamie like them? Like, And I was like, yeah, she, she doesn't mind them. And I was talking to her after and she's like, I fucking hate those things. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought, I thought you didn't mind them. She's like, I go because you like them. I'm not getting one of those. Like, oh, <laughs> Just me. I'm a, I'm a lone soldier out here. Oh, man. Shamrock shakes are the blowjobs of food. Like, yeah, I'll fucking do it because I have to to like stick around, like to make this whole relationship work. But like, I'm not excited. Not excited. And at the end, like, yeah, fucking need some mouthwash. That's what we got for you this week. That's what we got for you. We got no McDonald's. I am going to make Nick call next week. I hope, I hope we're getting through to a McDonald's before the end of this month. Um, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyNYY. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Box Pod. We haven't said a tweet in fucking forever. Ah, uh, man, but we're having fun. You know what? There's so many things we do. Like interns, we've done nothing. We've done literally nothing. Every week, we're like, hey, we're gonna do it when we've done nothing. I'm doing some like some podcast tonight at nine o'clock for uh, an Angels podcast. Maybe I'll look at it then. But really, I'm five minutes away from tip-off of the Drexel Dragons looking to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. Where are they playing? Elon. Ah, uh, okay. I guess Delaware didn't make it. My it's like a six seed versus an eight seed. And it's NCAA champion? Yeah, yeah. They've just been, like, bum-rushing everyone. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. No, last time – so when I was a junior at Delaware, I went to the CAA championship game. Uh, we went from Newark, Delaware. It was in Baltimore, and Delaware won. That was the last time they made the tournament. It was awesome. So good luck. Yeah. I mean, I haven't watched the game all year, but let's fucking get it. <laughs> let's get it. Hey, everybody, enjoy your green season. Wear your green. Have Don't eat shamrock shakes. <laughs> terrible. Get, get food coloring in a real shake. Um, but, yeah, hey. Be safe, wear your mask, sign up, get a vaccine if you can. Um, I'm trying to help people to uh, 
get vaccines. Hold on. I have a website in case you are still looking for a vaccine. I know it's not the same everywhere, but uh, findashot.org is a website that has helped uh, some people find vaccines. So get it, and um, we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.